Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and you are listening live to Season 4, Episode 15. Guys, how you doing? It's just the three of us today. We're just, uh, we got nobody to, uh, I guess, help us out through this. It's We are relying on ourselves today. Like the rest of the world is getting wise to our game here, our scheme. <laughs> <laughs> how you guys doing? At least somebody is. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Very rarely do people use the term wisdom when speaking of Scott Jarvis. Oh, now come on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what, Jarvis? I'm gonna give you that one today. Thank you. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I, th- I think they, thank you for allowing me to. I think they say it and then they take it back. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, did, uh, that, did well, that come out God, of my mouth? God bless them. <laughs> Uh, it's good to see you guys on a, I guess on a snow day. What do we call today? Yeah, a no school day. Yeah, a no school day. There you go. Yeah, so uh, we are we we're going to record Monday night, and uh, Mr. Jarvis was uh, stuck in a meeting, and uh, so we decided we would try Tuesday afternoon a little bit later. And lo and behold, Iowa weather went from gosh, what was it? I think oh. we got home Sunday. At about three o'clock, and it was sixty-five degrees, and we went for a nice long walk. And uh, yesterday, you know, started the day it was fifty-some degrees, and uh, yeah, through the night it changed. And I stay today. The ice bowl, yeah, it yeah, is yes. cold. Yes, you know, Todd, you brought up something here, and I was going to bring this. I was going to let it go, but you said it, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. Can we all just take a moment? And appreciate the bound tweet from a little bit earlier this week about Mr. Jarvis. You talked about Scott Jarvis being stuck in the meeting last night. Can we just take a moment and appreciate this tweet? If Scott Jarvis has any free time <laughs> helping ADs in schools, he's probably still helping ADs in schools. Is there a more true tweet that, in the in the Twitterverse than that right there? That was captured very well by Bound. It, it was. I appreciated that a lot. <laughs> It made me laugh. As I saw that, I was actually in a meeting. So. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I thought, wow, they just could not have hit that nail any harder on the head. Yeah, it was good. I, actually, I was because uh, I'm going to speak for the Washington um, AD Association in March, and I think I posted that, and that's what they retweeted, wasn't it? They did, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That was That will be fun. Is that going to be in person? No, we're going to be on Zoom. Okay. Their whole conference is on Zoom? No, this is just like a, they're doing like a um, like webinar, seminar series. Okay. I think their convention's actually in uh, late April, if I remember mm, right. Okay. Very good. But I get to see some of my old uh, Washington folk. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Very good. All right. Only state I didn't get kicked out of. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. 
If if you did, they let you back in. That's the good news. Yeah, they did. Yeah, under there was some provisions. That came with it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's. Uh, we've got uh, today, guys. We're just gonna talk through some questions and uh, just a couple different scenarios and probably. Well, we say it could be a quicker podcast, but you uh, know, <laughs> whether we've got eight questions or two or three questions, somehow. Some way we find a way. We find we've a way. Uh, we've we've teased that before, fellas. Yeah, and we know how that worked out. Yeah. yeah. So no disclaimer. So, yeah. You know what's going to so, happen. Yes, yeah. we do. But hey, first off, let's uh, say hi to our sponsors and thank our sponsors of Beyond the Bench. Do you want your athletic program to stand out on social media? Well, now you can using Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device without needing design experience. There's new content being added weekly to help your athletic program take the next step in your social media presence. So try out Gipper for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. That's gogipper.com backslash athletics. As a leader in the industry, Superfan has spent the last 10 years innovating and changing how schools approach fan engagement, ticketing, fundraising, and more. The Superfan platform includes our customized app. Make it fit your school by choosing from dozens of engagement features designed with your students in mind. Communicate better with our smart notification system, which allows you to target specific audiences. All this and more at Superfan. No matter how big or small your school is, the Superfan platform is your all-in-one solution. Find out more or schedule a demo at superfaninc.com. Let the Varsity Bound software manage your team's information so you can create an amazing experience and build your legacy. Varsity Bound provides everything your athletes and parents need to enjoy the season right in one place. They get all this information on the web or in the Varsity Bound app. Hey, are you an AD interested in saving time and making your job a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Beyond the Bench suggests you take a good look at Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program without the need to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From free individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire platform for your athletic program. So check them out at www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. Many of you heard our interview in season three when we had former high school athletic director and author Jamie Beckler on the show. Jamie also has an online leadership program that is great for coaches and student athletes. I believe in the leadership playbook so much that I purchased it for our entire athletic department. The price is incredible when you consider all of the resources and video lessons that are included. Plus, you get access to Jamie, and he'll even do a free virtual presentation for your staff. I highly recommend it. So make sure you check out theleadershipplaybook.com and Jamie Beckler. And thank you to all of our sponsors of Beyond the Bench. We appreciate your support. And if our listeners are looking for any great ideas, take a look at some of our sponsors, Gipper, Superfan, Varsity Bound, Hometown Ticketing, and Jamie Beckler in the Leadership Playbook. I should go back and correct myself because it is no longer Varsity Bound. It is Bound. 
Sound. Big release. Yeah, hey, uh, I made the same mistake, so. <laughs> uh, so thank you to our sponsors. Yes, absolutely. Well, we decided this week, um, I think we could have gotten a guest no matter what we say, but we haven't just been the three of us for a while, uh, you know, kind of flying solo. So uh, we thought we'd just maybe talk through a few uh, situations. We had a couple of questions that we wanted to, to talk about that came in. And then one scenario just kind of appeared over the last couple of days that we'll talk about as well. Uh, so uh, first question we're going to talk about, uh, you know, we've all kind of faced. Uh, and here it is. You're working with uh, workers, your volunteer workers, or maybe they're paid a little bit. But regardless, maybe they're doing the clock. Maybe they're doing announcing any of those duties that we need to run events. But you're working with those and sometimes those people age or they aren't doing maybe what you want or are able to even do it anymore uh, the way they should be. So the question was, how do you work with or counsel out workers who may be losing their ability to do the job? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a uh, tough question. Next. Um, no, <laughs> no, I think, okay. Okay. Here, here's a scenario. Okay. And I'll just, I was in trainer and we had a long time announcer did football and he had done football for over 30 years. Great guy. Great guy. But he was getting slower and he had a spotter. Um, you know, he would mess up our, our kids names once in a while. Uh, you know, it happens, but you could tell the age was just kind of getting to where it was getting a, bit, a little bit too fast uh, for him to keep up. So, gosh, what do you do? I mean, yeah. I'd been there a few years, but he'd been doing this for 30 years before I even got there. So here's what I did. Our number one job, I think, is to create an experience, to create an atmosphere at our games that are first class. Um, and so, you know, when I, I always have things being read about school, our other teams that are going on, got a lot of announcements, thanking sponsors, things like that. And when we first started doing that, there was no way he, he could not keep up with all that. He could not get a, a pause. He didn't have timing. Um, so what I did, I brought in a second announcer and I had that second announcer do all of the PR stuff and do all of the announcements and um, anything that wasn't game related. And all our first announcer did was take care of what was going on in the field. And so that freed him up to not worry about that other stuff that we wanted done. And he could just focus on the field. He didn't have to worry about any of that. And then those two just communicated in the press box by a finger or whatever that, you know, I'm going to read this now. And, you know, the other guy would just, not say anything. So I guess if there's a way that was a stopgap, I guess, more than anything, mm -hmm. but it helped him be able to continue and do what he wanted to do without having to do all the extra stuff that I wanted done that I thought was important PR wise, uh, just to, for our other programs in our school. Um, so 
So I think one thing you can do in that situation is to, I don't know, just troubleshoot it a little bit. See if there's a way to help them out where they don't have to do everything. Um, Since that time, he has retired and he's he's uh, he's done something else. And I'll kind of segue into that uh, conversation I had over the weekend with another AD. But um, guys, what are your thoughts on that? Scott, uh, you've gone to different places, you know. A lot of times you come in, I think, to a, a new school um, yeah. that you and I have experienced, and we inherit those people. Yeah, and you've got to build a relationship with them first and foremost. You don't come in and just fire your fire is a bad word. I mean, you just you don't make a change your first year, maybe your second year, but you yeah. got to develop a relationship uh, with those people, and they've got to trust you before you can have those conversations. But um, yeah, any experiences there that you've had, Scott? Yeah, I've had a couple, and and I probably would tell you that I probably didn't always handle it the best way. <laughs> I remember when I was up in Burnsville, we had a, a longtime announcer, um, and, you know, I had a lot of parents complained, and, you know, he would many times be on the loudspeaker when he wasn't supposed to be and probably make comments that he probably shouldn't, and people would hear it, and uh, tried to reach out to him a number of times in the summertime. Uh, would not call me back, tried to email him. He finally showed up for school at the beginning of the year, and I just told him, I'm like, hey, uh, we're going to go in a different direction uh, with our football announcing. And he was rather angry with me. Um, and I probably should have done a lot better job up front um, in that relationship building, Todd. Um, but it didn't do a good job at that, and it left a lot of hard feelings, which is unfortunate because he was a good person. Um, but we did get, we, we did move on to find another uh, announcer that did a great job. But I always uh, think back on that and think about what I could have done differently um, in that situation, whether it was try to have a little bit more conversation about what we needed um, instead of just kind of cutting the, the tie right away. But I've had other instances where I've had, I actually had one of my announcers who during a, high school basketball game uh we were doing half court shots and he <laughs> he said uh he made the announcement tonight's half court shot sponsored by Stiletto's gentlemen's club <laughs> and no. I was like, yeah and i was like uh, uh <laughs> probably not a good idea to talk about at a high school basketball game no and when I first heard it, I was like, no, he didn't just say that. That's not what I heard him say. And he did. So I had to have a conversation with him uh, regarding uh, that's not how we're going to conduct ourselves at a high school basketball game. So yeah. it, those are always tough conversations. But as I've, you know, gained some wisdom as an AD, you know, we, we kind of did what Todd said is try to find, you know, those people like whether – you know, we, there's a lot going on up there. I, I don't even know if I could do it. You know, honestly, I mean, you got booster club announcements. You got people up coming and telling you this. You got people giving you stats. You've got, you know, check the field. So we actually added an announcer that just took care of like all the, you know, ancillary announcements, whether it was all the booster club, all the sponsorship announcements to give, you know, our, our veteran announcer the opportunity just to call the game, yeah. um, which was very beneficial. So yeah. very similar to what Todd did, and that worked out really well. 
Aaron, what, so, what about you? Yeah. Um, I haven't had it with a really with, with a PA announcer yet. I probably have one coming up um, sooner than I'd like uh, as far as having that conversation with a PA announcer. Uh, the one I've had to deal with here, and, you know, you say you guys have moved around a bit and you've inherited them when you move in. You inherited them when you've been someplace 28 years also. Because <laughs> um, uh, one of ours was, was around quite a while, uh, and, and I've talked about him on here before. So he was our longtime scoreboard operator. Uh, and a combination of things started happening. One is that we, we switched to more uh, – to, to – the newer Dactronic boards, and they combined a lot of stuff onto. We used to have actually a, a Dactronics board with Fair Play stat boards mm. uh, on the side, and so we had a separate person doing the stat boards. Well, then we got new scoreboards, and it was all all Dactronics on one board. Well, he he wasn't going to be able to do that. He insisted he was going to be able to, but but he really wasn't going to be able to manage um, start and stop the clock, do the stats, and keep the score up to date, and all that stuff um, with it being an all in one console now, and so. I think I did something similar there, right? Okay, am I willing to pay an extra 20 bucks per game to add him as a fourth person and have a scoreboard operator and a time clock keeper? Uh -huh. So I just slid him over, and his only job became start, stop the clock, and manage the clock for timeouts, um, and that was it. And that actually made it more enjoyable from a scoreboard operator, also the person I brought in, because they have to worry about start and stop the clock. They could, If they had to bury their head because there was six subs yep. the last whistle, and they had to bury their head for 45 seconds to get the subs in. Um, yep. They weren't trying to do two things. So I think one of the things you can do is try to, yeah, it might cost you a little money, but can you, is there a way to delegate or split up the duties at mm -hmm. the score table um, so that that person can do something that's a little less, but still, still feel like they can do it. But I, you know, Todd, you mentioned earlier, I probably have a PA one coming up here where um, just get harder to manage all the names and, and, and mm -hmm and have a voice that carries the top of a loud environment and things like that, and probably time to make a move, but man, yeah. you're doing somebody has been doing it for 37 years. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, uh, that's it's, tough because, I mean, they love doing it, and you guys know how hard it is to find people that will actually be <coughs> responsible uh, and accountable to showing up every time. I mean, that's it's hard to find those people. Well, and, and I think one of the things I struggle with, and when, and when I have, you know, community members, parents, people want to talk about it, say, boy, isn't it, don't you think it's time to make a change? I'm like, maybe, but can we sit back for a second and think about, we're talking about somebody who's been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Don't, at what point in time do they, I, I know at some point in time, if they don't see the right on the wall, you've got to help make that transition smooth and, and, and respectable uh, or respectful. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I try like crazy to let those folks, um, write their own ending script, I mm -hmm. guess, mm -hmm. on that. Uh, so yeah. I think I'd come back to that question, too, and maybe you just start having some of those questions. Of, you know, I'm just noticing it's getting tougher on you. Do you enjoy it as much? Um, what are some things I do to help you? But if you start having those underlying questions or conversations, they might start to realize, you know, I don't know if I can keep doing this anymore. Right. And they might, yeah. they might write themselves out of it instead of you having to make that tough call, too. Yeah. Well, and... That leads me to the discussion I had at State Wrestling. I'm sitting there on Friday afternoon waiting for the semifinals, and up walks Dave Litter, uh, Waverly Shellrock. And so he sat down beside me and, and uh, sat there through the semifinals. And, um, you know, through our discussion, talking about different things, I don't remember how we got to it, but it kind of came up about, you know, workers and, well, how Dave's enjoying retirement. I do know that. Um mm -hmm. 
but not having to worry about workers. And I said, well, hey, Dave, here's something we're going to talk about. And Dave, obviously a past president of the IHS ADA, a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how did you deal with workers, with people who you needed to counsel or I mean, transition? And Dave, in his straightforward way, just said, well, I've had to do that. And I just had honest conversations with them, mm-hmm. you know, just upfront and honest and yep. just told them kind of what the, where we were at. And he said, actually, it went better than expected. Uh, yep. And I, I made the point. And as I was, as he was saying that, I got to thinking about, I got to thinking about my announcer and trainer who did it for 30 some years. And, you know, Aaron, you're, your guy who's been there for 35 years and who's, when they've been doing it for such a long time, I said, you know, I think sometimes they feel like they're letting us down. If, if they would quit, if they felt like they couldn't do it, they're let, they're letting us down. They're letting the kids down, the coaches down who they've come to know and appreciate and love. And I said, that's, that's to me, the conversation we have is you focus on the service that they've done you know, how, how can we recognize them in front of people and, and make it a, 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 I don't know, grand exit for lack of a better term, but you know, we honor them because I do think there's some of that. They feel like they're letting us down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, you talk about honoring them. One of the things I think, I don't know, I did this the other day and I think it's something maybe to think about for those folks who've been just fixtures of your, your basketball score table or your wrestling score table. So you guys, Dirksy was the guy I was talking about who was on the scoreboard, uh, a longtime scoreboard operator for us. Um, wanted to do this for him last fall when his health turned and he wasn't interested in coming. He, he was going pretty fast for him. He didn't want to come into the school. And, and in Dirksy fashion, he's like, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. Yeah. Uh, was kind of the way he put that. Well, so I tried, but couldn't get him in there. So, we gave the family some space after he passed away in December. We had them actually uh, come into a game uh, about a week and a half ago on a Friday night and had his wife and uh, his daughter and then his two granddaughters came out to midcourt. And we presented a plaque saying, hey, just a, just present a plaque to you for Dirksy and his over four decades worth of, of uh, work as our baseball scorekeeper and scoreboard operator for volleyball, basketball, football, whatever else we needed a clock for. But then really cool thing we did, I thought. It was it was not my idea, uh, but cool thing we ended up doing. Got a couple, like, trophy nameplates and had welcome to the Dick Dirks score table. Nice. Put on those nameplates. And nice. then we presented those to his two granddaughters, and they got to put those on oh. two basketball score oh, tables. Cool. Goosebumps. Uh, that's a good idea. On that. So, yeah. if you you know, just the way, maybe that's the way to kind of work them out. Say, hey, I want to do this for you, and, and, th- and thank you for all your time. That's a simple. That's a simple thing to do that helps them understand that one, you you really appreciate the work they've done for your kids and your community, and two, that uh, that it's okay to move on and let's let somebody else jump in. Yeah. Well, I think when you do that too, I mean, whoever's going to take over doing that, or you know, whether you replaced him or not with a fourth one, but I think that's a legacy thing to where maybe yeah. those workers think, my gosh, this is. I mean, they know they're doing something good. Yeah. But maybe that just is a little bit extra encouragement to the workers, too, uh, who may be thinking that. But yeah. that, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. So, so I, I think the 
as we wrap this question up, I think uh, <clears throat> the big thing would be just find ways to, if you have to, if you have to work around some things and bring in some extra people to make it work, make it work. If it comes to the point where you have to have a conversation, just have that conversation. I think, uh, you know, we're all, all to the point where we can probably have those difficult conversations and, and just realize that they may be thinking they're, they're leaving us in a bind, but we need to encourage them and honor them and honor their service. And, um, you'll just, you'll get through it and be okay on the other side. Yep. So the second question, um, turned into a two-parter. Uh, we can't have a show without a two-parter. <laughs> hey, who was it that turned that into a two-part question anyway? Yeah. Jarvis? No, that was me. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. So real quick, and I'm going to put us on a timer on this because I know we're up against the gun here a little bit, but we're just going to spend about five minutes on this one. All right. Um, the question would be, how do you work with coaches and directors who may seem unappreciative of what we do? I'm not going to go to the second part yet. Let's just tackle that first yeah. part. So sure. how do you work with coaches and directors who may be unappreciative, who have no idea what we do to try and help their programs, but yet seem to always want to complain, always want to never good enough, right? How do you work with those people? I, I think one of the things I've tried to do with coaches over the years is if I feel like I'm getting to that point where they just don't quite understand um, uh, what's going on or maybe why I'm making a decision that I'm making regarding their program, uh, I think it's – and, and this is just part of having crucial conversations with folks. Ask them for their solution. If, if, if you're not liking where I'm going with this, you brought this to me. This, I've, given, I've given this some thought. This is where I want to go with this situation that you, that we're talking about, or this or how I want to deal with this this problem we're trying to solve here. If they don't like that or don't appreciate where you're coming from, that okay, then what's your solution? Yeah. If you'd like more money in your budget, what are your ideas to try to raise more money? What is it you're going to do, or you'd like to see happen on that? And get give them a couple of days. They want you to come back to me on Friday. Come back to me after the weekend on Monday, and let's let's see what ideas you've got. I think, um, but I think you always have to give that with some parameters. Under you know, you can't just say find a solution and, uh, you know, budget and time and things like that don't matter. I think if there's parameters you've got to give them, you give them those parameters. But I think they'll, they'll, more often than not, they come back to me and say, you know, eh, I get what you're saying. I thought about it a whole lot more with, with the things that you gave me to, to think about as I try to come up with a solution. And you know what? You're right. This is the best way to go. At least they have a better understanding of, of all the, all the layers you thought through to come to your decision. Uh -huh. um, so that's what, when it maybe comes to them, not appreciated decision we made, I've tried to say, okay, let's see what you got uh, to come up with. Here's your parameters. Here's what you got to think about and keep in mind, but what do you, what would you do here? Uh -huh. Yeah. Good. Good. Scott, I'm sure it's never happened to you. Um, yeah. But you know, thoughts I think on that. The, the, big, the big thing for me is, uh, just having that discussion like Aaron talked about and and describing, you know, what, what can we do to work together and what can I do to help you? And I think at the end of the day, just having those honest, frank conversations are, are important to that, you know, kind of journey that you have with those people who maybe don't appreciate that, whatever, you know, all the things uh, as an athletic administrator you do behind the scenes that people really don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. 
Right. And I, and I think sometimes uh, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, I think sometimes as athletic ministers, we have to talk to them about all the things that are happening behind the scenes that they don't necessarily know about. Um, yeah. But I think that visibility that we have as ADs, I mean, I haven't had a whole lot of coaches that haven't appreciated uh, what I've done for them for the most part. But sometimes just having that conversation like Aaron talked about is is probably the most important piece to that. Well, I think sometimes maybe unappreciative, maybe not knowing is a better term instead of unappreciative because I, I do think that leads what you said, Scott and Aaron both reminded me too, that um, I have two thoughts, I guess. Number one, we lead everybody, even the, t- mm-hmm. even the tough ones. Yeah. And they're going to, we just have to find ways to do that and continue to try and lead them and treat them with the same respect, you know, grace, everything that we, we talk about. Sure. Um, and the second part is, I think, I think sometimes coaches and we've all been there, we've all coached and we get tunnel vision on our program and we see one program and they lose sight of the other 20 some programs that we are responsible for and trying to lead and make decisions on and for that have a direct impact on, well, you did this for that program. Why can't you do it for my program? So they get tunnel vision and think only of their program. And I understand that we've all coached, but once you've put on the AD hat and you're responsible for athletics activities, everything that under the sun that goes with that, then you have to make decisions a little bit differently and a little bit more uh, democratically, I guess you might say, because you open up a can of worms if you start just giving into every whim. So I think that's a conversation that you have with those coaches or directors who may be seeing that. Say, think big picture here. Um, Think about our whole program and and change your hat. You know, we tell the parents, I think, sometimes to don't have a lens of just your kid, have a lens of the team. And we have to do the same thing with our coaches. Yeah. 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 And I think you mentioned something too, Todd, that, you know, that you just said that just kind of hit me was like, you know, sometimes you have those coaches that ask for you to do something for them. And I think it's it's important for us to communicate with our coaches. Hey, if you need something, ask me. Right. You've got so many different things coming at you as an AD. Like, and unfortunately, if, if you don't ask me, sometimes it just, I, I don't know what, what I don't know too. Right. So if you ask me to do something, I'm going to do everything in my power to get it done. And my next yeah. step with that, because of my age, is... <laughs> They will ask something, let's say at a middle school basketball game, and I will say, yes. okay, you need to email that to me. Don't Amen. don't don't text yep. it to me. Send it to an email, and then I'll see it. I hear yep. I hear what you're saying, and I'll look <laughs> at it, but I got to have the email, and I got to yep. have the reminder. Yep. Or write it on my forehead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They look at they they look at me. Like, are you serious? And again, I come back to that education piece of here's the deal. One, I'm old and I don't remember things as well as I used to. And two, you're probably the fifth. That's probably the fifth question I've had coming in. It's something I need to follow up on tomorrow or within the next couple of days. You're like number five. Right. So yep. uh, that's why I need you to email me because I, I won't keep track of them all. Um, you know, Todd, I'm going to challenge us as ADs and as leaders. Um, yes, it's good that we I, – I was telling my coaches this. I want them to have tunnel vision. I want you to just be this fierce advocate 
for your for your program and focus on what you do to help your program better. I'll let Valid. you know it's time to pull the, the blinders back a bit. Yeah. Um, I think there's times as leaders in ADs, we need to be willing to, if, if they come at us with something in a moment, be willing to put our blinders back on yep. to help understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Rather than it's always our perspective that we're gonna that we're going to see our lens we're gonna see things through. Great point. Um, because it might help us see it better, understand it better, and we might come to a different solution if we'll just take a second to put our blinders back on and say, I get why he's asking me this question yeah. or why she wants that from me now. So that's a great point. I like that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a challenge because we're I mean we're, really we're the same way. We've got our AD lens where we see all 25 programs, and sometimes we can't narrow it down. That's a great reminder. Yeah. Great yeah. reminder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. All right, so the follow-up to that is this. They come to us with questions. They come to us with comments. But how often sometimes do coaches not understand the timing of the question that they're asking? Uh, the time of year that they're asking. You know, if they're asking something over the course of – either the last week or two and then on into, you know, during tournament time when we're scrambling and, you know, some of you guys that are managing everything and hosting multiple events and hosting swimming and basketball and wrestling. And then, okay, I'm going to host a 1A game too. Uh, And then somebody in an off season comes with you with a question. They don't understand the timing of what they're asking. We don't, we don't have time right now. So, (laughs) yeah. How do you deal with that? You know, and, and I threw that part on there because it was part of your, your question made me think about that. And because I get it this time of year and, and, and God bless them, you know, my fall sports or even my winter coaches, even thinking ahead a year from now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how are you even doing that right now? But they start thinking about things, you know, so far out and they, and they want you to put some thought into that. And it just, there's times they, I'm not, I'll say it this way. I'm not very good at trying to, to see it through their lens. And I'm sure the look on my face and the snappiness of my answer has damaged relationships over the years. Because I'll be, are you kidding me? I'm in the middle, we're in the middle of winter postseason. I'm driving to Waterloo twice this week for bowling. I got, I've got hosting a boys game Friday night, a boys game on Saturday night. Uh, you know, all the things that are going on right now. And you want to talk to me about your, your volleyball, your, uh, your your volleyball non-conference schedule next year, or you want to say, hey, I went out of this tournament at the end of October, or, and I'm not picking my volleyball coach. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that would come up. Uh, and I'm like, man, that's eight months from now. And I think I I want to convey that to them and help them understand timing, but it, do, I do, it very, do I do it in a way that damages relationships and makes them feel like I don't care or don't appreciate the fact that it's important to them right now? even though I'm swamped. And that's probably why I put that question up there is just to have us talk about that a bit. Well, I think we answered that in a way is that we change our lens a little bit. Uh, but I, I think it's, and let's go back to the previous question, previous, previous question of just an honest conversation. Hey, I get, <laughs> I get it. And I, I guess I would say, would you send me an email with that? And when I get through this week, and I get some time, I will look at it. And if I have 15 minutes in a day and I see your email and I've got it jotted down on my legal pad that I use for organization, then I'll take a look at it. But right now, you know, I, I just don't have time. But yeah. just, again, honest conversation. 
This is what I'm doing right now. I'll get to it. I promise. And you will. Yeah. Or you could do this. This is my, I, <laughs> this came, this came into play actually um, the other day for me. I think I talked to you guys about this. So at National Convention, I got one of those big four foot by eight foot like wall uh, calendars. So it's got, it's got 12 months fillable candles, calendars on the wall. And so I've got all this spring. I'm starting to fill in next fall on it and things like that right now. And I had a coach actually walk in the other day, a fall coach, walked in the other day, was looking at the calendar and looked at April and May on the wall calendar and said, no wonder you're ticked off in June and July all the time. Because <laughs> they looked at how full April and May was, or how many things are going on a single day. They're like, hey, no wonder you're gassed yeah. when, you, when you get to the end of the summer. So maybe just helping them get this big picture yep. of, of, hey, that's that's why I'm grumpy in June. Yeah. That's why ADs want to crawl in the shell and and disappear for a while. Yeah. But anyway, we good, good visual. All right. So there's two questions down. Um, again, <coughs> let's just wrap that up. I think it just comes down to honest conversations. I really like Aaron's comment of changing our lens too. We take responsibility in that and uh, share some responsibility in that response as well. So that that was a great great reminder. And honestly, something I hadn't thought about at all. Um, bad about seeing it through my lens only. And you should see it through my lens, darn it. Well, Todd, your lens is right like 99.999% of the time. I got bad eyes. Well. So, all right, last one. Aaron Stecker, you led us off with this, and you're going to lead it right now, the handshake line. And, <laughs> you know, well. since we've uh, said we were going to talk about this, We've had some great comments on social media uh, that I've kind of made some highlights of, but I want Aaron to, you know, we're, t- we're talking about, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know, the handshake between Michigan, Juwan Howard, Wisconsin, all that went on with there. And then the debate that has come since then. And Aaron had a great post the other day about the whole thing. Um, Aaron, lead us into that with your thoughts. Well, clearly that struck a chord with me on Sunday night. Cause I just started typing into Twitter. I'm like, I think 280 characters. You kidding me? I need more than that. And I've never needed more than that, but, um, boy, I just sitting on my patio actually, because as you mentioned, it was nice. Uh, and I started seeing those posts come up about get rid of the handshake line. And and I, I got to a point where I was just like, wait, wait a minute. What, what are we doing here? If, if we get to a point where we can't shake hands, we can't look at our, our competitors, uh, in the eye after a game and say, hey, man, uh, we got after today, but great game. Um, and so I started typing in that post. And some of the things I brought up in the post, is first and foremost, um, is I, I get back to this idea of if we can't do that, then what, what then what's sports really all about? I mean, sports really then all becomes about championships, trophies, rings, and betting. And that's all That's all it is if, if we can't go through handshake lines um, and have that. And, and I guess I – probably my strongest feeling I had as I was typing that out was we talk and talk and talk. And not just we as ADs at the high school level, we talk at the college level, we talk at the professional level um, about sports being something that's a, a uniter rather than a divider. Sports is someplace that we can get together and we can have differences, we can have different backgrounds, we can, we can have different experiences, but man, we're on a team together and we're competing against another team with their own experiences and, and their own uh, background, but they've come together as a team, and we're going to compete fearlessly with one another and be able to, at the end of it, respect one another when it's all said and done. Uh, and we preach and we put it up in a pedestal. This is what sports, sports is a, 
a part of society. We can set all that aside. And, and, and then we also say we can, we can learn from it. We can learn about how to set aside differences for a common cause. We can learn about trying to get to know teammates, uh, get to know uh, our opponents and get to understand their story and what makes them tick. And we can do that through the platform of sports. And it just, it just struck me that if we start to get rid of the handshake line, then we're eroding everything that's great about it. And what's the point anymore other than winning championships and making money from draft, through DraftKings? Right on. Right on. So I, th I thought it was interesting as, as things came up, of course, you know, and I, I went back too and I thought, okay, handshake line, COVID era a year ago when we didn't shake hands and I was coaching and I was awful about waving. I mean, I would wave to the coach, but I, the team that got beat in that, would hardly even look at the team that won. The team that won was, hey, good game, way to go, yeah. you know. And the yeah. team that got beat was like, you're lucky if you didn't get a finger. Um, so, I mean, that was, to me, that, that was not a solution. Um, and then it's kind of funny tonight, you know, Fran McCaffrey, I was going to play Michigan State, and they had the two most opposite reactions. And Fran, Fran wasn't adamant. Fran is not for the handshake line. He hasn't been. No. I mean, he'll pull these guys off. Um, but then Tom Izzo, I thought a tremendous response on Twitter, a tremendous statement. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he made the point, we're just giving kids another out. And we've given them out. You don't want to go to class, you don't go to class. If you don't like what program you're in, well, you can transfer to another program. And now we're going to take away the handshake line. We're going to give them an out for that. And I, I liked how he said it in typical Izzo fashion. If you can't man up and walk down a line and shake hands, I mean that's just wrong. You got to yeah. man up and walk down. They just kicked your butt, and you got to walk down the line and shake their hand. Uh, so, I mean, his response, but probably everyone's seen it. But if you haven't, look it up. It's a great response to the handshake line. Um, Seth Greenberg uh, came on. Uh, I saw his on Twitter last night, and he just made the point, kind of like Aaron did. It's, it's real life. Um, sports is about sportsmanship and teaching you're going to win and you're going to lose in life and you're going to win and you lose in a game. And um, it's about respecting the game too, respecting the competition. You know, we've talked before and I know Aaron's a big proponent of this with your kids is okay. Our competition should help make us better. Mm -hmm. And if they beat us, they beat us, but we should be, we should embrace that competition and I have always been a big proponent of respecting the game. And respecting the game to me means respecting your opponent in the competition and acknowledging that afterwards. Uh, you got to learn how to win and lose. Uh, I thought one quote that he made that was outstanding, he said, we need to hold people to a standard. And the people that lead need to be held to the highest standard. Yeah. So... I mean, it's about the standards that we're going to set. And um, I just, I, I've loved the discussion, but I, I just don't, I don't see getting rid of it at all. In, you know, as I was, as I was browsing through stuff here the last couple of days, I, the people who I'm seeing who are, for the most part, who are like just, it's time for the, the handshake line to go. 
are people who I would I would put into a silo of um, sport is their career that that's their livelihood. Um, it's not something they're trying to use as a platform to make people better. It's a uh, they're they're an analyst, they're a commentator. It doesn't mean that they aren't good people who are trying to do good things. Correct. But the, in the arena of sport, yeah, their 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 job is to is is that it's a profession. That's their livelihood. Um, and I think we're on the side of of sport where it's a platform to make folks better. It's a platform to to help people pursue their best. And I just can't see getting rid of the handshake line. You know, you talked about the the, the learning process. I mean, man, sports. The sports I want to be engaged in, maybe I should say it that way. The, the, the sports that I want to continue being a part of are, are a win-learn. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a win-learn arena for me. And, and and the learning starts the minute that the game is done. If you won, you learn how to be gracious and still respect those who, who, who you've beaten and go through and still recognize that you may have beaten them, but, man, they gave some great efforts and they deserve your respect. And if you've lost, the learning begins immediately in that handshake line from the standpoint of looking those folks in the eye saying, you know what? They outplayed me today. They outperformed us. They had executed us. Um, they didn't make the same as many, as many mistakes as we made. And I'm going to shake their hand and say, great job of doing that. And as I'm going through, I'm saying, I respect that. And I'm going to learn from what you taught me tonight so I'm better next time. And that can't happen if we don't have that handshake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So, well, there anyway. you have it. That's the BTB take on the handshake line. You got I it. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't go no, away. I, I don't um, think it will. You know, and here's the thing. I know we've had we've had a couple ugly instances here in Iowa just this year with it, and I and I get it. We're, that's never going to go away because human emotion is a real raw thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. But we've had. I'm I'm thinking back in in my time as an AD, 15 years as an AD. Those are the only. Too, I'm, maybe it's, maybe it's social media is making me aware of it, but I I can't think of the number of handshake lines in the state of Iowa alone that have happened in my 15 years of, as an AD. And we're talking what less right. than a dozen right instances like that over that time frame. Um, the good of it way outweighs the, the 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 few ugly situations that we've got. Let's not let's not get rid of something that's so very very good about sport. Um, for a few uncomfortable instances. Instead, let's learn from them and be better. Correct. Very good. Well, there you have it. Uh, We've taken about three questions. We've taken close to an hour, and uh, we we about did her. Scott Jarvis, you're going to have a closing thought for us today. This is the time of of year where ADs are struggling and and i know it's it's a long winter is a long season and uh we all have things we're dealing with and i was thinking back to a a situation where you know you had a rough night at a basketball game you had to kick some kids out parents were angry and the next day you knew there was going to be some repercussions at school and you're getting up that morning and you're you're like i gotta go to school today and i i know it's going to be a crappy day uh-huh. They're going to deal with some things that I don't want to deal with, and I dealt with last night, and maybe I didn't deal with it great, but it's it's going to be one of those days, and uh, you carry that around with you. And uh, we talked about perspective today, uh, which 
which perfectly goes with this. And, you know, we'd, we've had those nights and we, we start our day off and we're like, all right, it's going to be a bad day. And we put on our, that lens or that scope for that day. And we were like, it's going to be a crappy day. And we go through the day and we're, we're, we're out and we're, you know, dealing with people and we probably don't treat them the way we should. And, uh, we go, we go in and I, I can just think of going into situations and probably not treating people well. And I'm kind of like, you know, the, the, the weatherman said it's supposed to be a beautiful day. And I've got this gloomy out, out, outcast of what today is. And I'm, you know, treat people not very good. And I'm looking around and everything looks gloomy and dark. And I happen to run into somebody and I'm, you know, going to get a soda or something. And I, I'm telling the clerk, I'm like, gosh, this place is not very nice. And it's dark and gloomy in here. And why is it like that? Can't you guys do something about it? And the clerk looks at me and says, hey, you're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap, I grabbed the wrong glasses. And we look at a perspective and how we view things. And sometimes, and we said it today, is sometimes we need to change our lens. We need to change our glasses to see the brighter side. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's always goes back to that, why we do what we do and that purpose of, of what we do. And, and knowing that sometimes we've got to change those glasses or change those lenses and, and see things from a, a better perspective. And instead of seeing the dark side, um, it's about seeing the, the light and what we can have, the impact that we can have, whether it's going through the line or having a tough conversation with, with a announcer or, with one of our game workers, um, I just feel like we, we kind of touched on those things today. And I, I think that we can have impact. And uh, a quote that I read that I really liked, um, just kind of even pertaining to this was, life just isn't about the darkness or the light, but it's rather about finding light within the darkness. And I feel like as ADs, we have that ability and that platform that we can do that. And I know sometimes it's really hard to do that because we're on, we're in our own darkness. And how do we see that light within ourselves that we can pull ourselves out or, or rely on some of our colleagues and our AD friends that can pull us out of that darkness? And I know that for me, that's, you know, Todd, Aaron, so many people have been that for me. And how can we be that for others? So that's my closing thought for the day. Good one. Good job. I like it. Yep. So, hey, guys, uh, good to see you and uh, good to talk with you today. It's always good good therapy, as we call it, and appreciate you guys. Appreciate all of our listeners uh, being with us on this episode of Beyond the Bench. And if you've got any thoughts or comments, please drop us a line. Let us know how we can help you, anything we could talk about to help your job be a little bit better. But in the meantime, Scott said, keep that perspective because you are making a difference, even though you may not feel it all the time. You are making a difference. So good luck to those of you still in the postseason as you have events coming up this week. And uh, take care. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best. We want to thank our sponsors, Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Bound, Superfan Inc., and Jamie Beckler in the Leadership Playbook. Until next time, be blessed.